What is up and welcome back to Your Story Matters, the podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode with Allie Grizzard, not Allie Poole. I always want to say it that way, but it's Allie Grizzard. Her episode is going to be incredible. I hope you have tissues. I say that like 58 times in this episode, but it is so good how she overcomes this incredible obstacle and uh, and what she's done with it to make it into more of an opportunity than anything else. But she is doing a great job. You're going to love this episode. Make sure you share it. Follow us at YSM Podcast on Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Your Story Matters and look for the little yellow logo of Your Story Matters and like us on there as well. That way you can stay up to date with what we're doing. We have a couple of really cool episodes that are coming out very soon and some are going to be very different. Next week you're going to have a bonus episode coming out with a friend of mine named Tyler Sweat. So be on the lookout for that. And then afterwards we're going to have a few more episodes where uh, we're going to do something a little bit different that involves uh, some video. That's right. Something different that involves video. We're going to go uh, to a restaurant that is near us and uh, do a behind-the-scenes tour, interview the owner. I'm going to have a co-host on that episode, so we're going to have a YouTube channel coming out really soon. So that's all the things that are coming up, so make sure you're following us. Make sure you rate the show five stars if you haven't already because uh, it helps a lot. A lot of people find us that way. So make sure you do it on your favorite platform. I I really don't think, I said this last time, I I didn't do any research to find out. I don't know if Spotify lets you do that. But uh, if your favorite platform allows you to, make sure to rate us five stars. But without any further ado, let's jump into the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to YSM Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Williams, and today... I have an incredible guest who I met, was that a year ago or two years ago? It was two years ago, I think. Oh my gosh, two years ago. Man, um, there's a lot I could say about that. But we met two years ago, and uh, Allie has an incredible story. I'm so excited for you to hear it. If you have tissues, get them out. But anyway, I have Allie, say your last name? Grizzard. Grizzard. Okay, Allie just got married. It's not like I didn't know who Allie was. (laughs) You were Allie Poole for a long time. Um you know, for your whole life. But now you're Allie Grizzard. Uh, so, Allie, tell everybody who you are. Um, I'm Allie Grizzard, and um, four years ago now, um, it was four years ago this past January, I was in a rollover car accident that left me paralyzed from waist down with a T12 spinal cord injury. Um, a lot of internal injuries, um, internal bleeding, uh, ruptured spleen, uh, hangman bone fracture in my neck, um, two tears in my stomach. Um, and a completely shattered back into pieces. Um, so I spent, well, I was lifelighted from the accident scene, spent two and a half weeks at Grady in ICU, um, had my back surgery, everything there. They had to reconstruct my entire spine. Um, and then of course that's when they also saw that I was paralyzed from waist down. My spinal cord was severed at T12, um, after that, I was transferred to the Shepherd Center and spent another three weeks in ICU at Shepherd because they couldn't figure out why I couldn't come off the ventilator, why I still couldn't breathe on my own. And then come to find out, Grady had sent me two Shepherds still with collapsed lungs. Mm. 
And um, so then I ended up at Piedmont, <laughs> right next door to Shepherd, for lung surgery. And then I was finally back at Shepherd after that and finally able to come off the ventilator, breathe on my own, and was transferred to a regular room and began very intense physical, occupational, recreational therapy. Um, the whole nine yards spent a total of seven and a half months at Shepherd, so pretty much all of 2015 at the Shepherd Center doing physical therapy, occupational therapy, recreational therapy, um, learning to live all over again from the wheelchair um, and wouldn't be where I am today without them, that's for sure. They they love what they do and they're they're amazing at it. Um, So after that, I was finally able to return home and I actually began therapy at home with one of Austin's good friends, Justin Rich, yes. at Excel Physical Shout Therapy. out Jay Rich. <laughs> and I've actually been in therapy there ever since. Um, still with Justin to this day doing therapy. And um, thanks to him, I was actually able to use my leg braces and walk down the aisle at my wedding this past October. So that was a so big, cool. big milestone. Um, I actually got really good in the braces with him um i had started in them at shepherd but they were work it was a ton of work so it took me a total of three years of working in the braces with justin in order to be able to walk down the aisle but we accomplished that and now i'm working on setting up new goals figure out where to go next you believe it or not that's just a brief (laughs) summary Of Allie's situation. So I know that's a lot to take in right there. I know you're like, oh, wow. Okay. You're just going to hit me with it right then. But I just wanted you to get kind of an idea of what Allie's been going through since January 31st, 2015. Is that correct? So that's that's when this wreck happened. So what I'd like for you to do, Allie, because you have, I mean, right now, you have, I need to go look, but you have like a couple thousand, not a couple thousand, that's not even the right way to say it. How many followers do you have on Instagram right now? I think it's almost right at like 16,000. You know, just 16,000, that's just like a small... Somewhere around there. That's just a small group, honestly. 16,000 people are following her on Instagram. Now, Allie has a really cool Instagram. You can go follow her follow her because <laughs> I read your name. Follow Allie, Allie Grizzard, at Allie Grizzard. You need to check out what she's doing and, and we're going to talk about that more at the end, but just go see what she's doing. She's got a really cool story and, and uh, it's very uplifting. Again, grab your tissues before we get into all this. It's it's like a, it's a roller coaster of emotions. Allie and I met two years ago at a Chick-fil-A somewhere in Georgia and <laughs> She told me and a friend of mine her story right there. I'd never heard it. And I had heard a little bit about it because, especially in our area, you're kind of a big deal. Okay. I don't know if you know that or not, but a lot of people know who you are. And I think you've spoken here before. I don't think yes, I was here I that have. night, but you've yeah, spoken here. I spoke here. to the youth group. That's it right. It was actually only 11 months after my accident. 11 um, months? I didn't know that. I was actually in therapy one day working with Justin, and he was like, Hey, I'm the leader of the youth group at First Baptist in Villarica. He's yeah. like, you should come and speak and tell your story, you know, because you've got a cool testimony. Yeah. And I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh. I'm not speaking in front of crowds. Like, no, that's, that's not my thing yet. But um, I left therapy that day after telling him no, and I felt like God was just really 
pulling on my heart telling me to do it and so I felt like it was something that I really needed to do so you know I can't remember if I text Justin or if I just told him the next week in therapy I was like I'll do it you know I'll come speak yeah so that was my first time speaking and telling my story in front of a huge crowd and I feel like I was still in the healing process at that time with mm-hmm. like the emotional aspect of everything in the accident so it was tough like that was I feel like I bawled like a baby the whole time but <laughs> I wish I could have been here and I don't um, know where I was after that first one though it was it kind of it opened up my speaking engagements and yeah. now it's like nothing I can just go tell my story to whoever you know but that was that was a rough one but I felt good after I did it I'm glad I did it we're going to pause for our sponsor, Excel Physical Therapy. Uh, <laughs> do, do you have an issue? Excel Physical Therapy, it. I just made it a verb. Um, not an actual sponsor, but Jay Rich is the man. So basically, Justin's the reason that we've been connected. Because yeah. I wasn't here that night, but I heard a lot about it. Uh, at the time, I was running the middle school ministry, and he was running the high school ministry. And I remember him saying, I want to get this girl, Allie, who uh, does PT with me, to come and speak. And... I was like, yeah, man, that sounds great. I, I don't know where I was, honestly. I, I really can't remember. But everyone, when I came back, my middle schoolers kept talking about it, like, oh, man, she was great. And I was <laughs> like, oh, cool. So um, I was really hoping that even though it was hard and I cried the whole time, I was really hoping I still was able to touch a lot of them. You did. They I think they cried understand. the whole time. They're still crying. <laughs> I mean, I've got one. He's a high schooler now. He still cries. Um, so it was really cool. And I, and I really wish I could have been there. So – Fast forward about a year or two later, I got to meet up with Allie and she told me her story. And I, I'm someone who I don't, I don't cry. I don't cry. I can count on one hand how many times I've cried in the last 10 years. But uh, when I remember I got in my car later and I was like, man, that was, that was a lot to take in. Man, that's, she's doing great. So, so this is, this is awesome. So you, you know, not the situation, but what you've made out of the situation has become incredible which is one of the reasons I wanted you on the podcast. And I've told you all that, listen, this is not because really my first couple of guests have been very ministry driven. Uh, it's just because that's who I've surrounded myself with uh, more often than not. But this is a perspectives podcast. Your story does matter. Allie's got an incredible story and a crazy perspective because of what she's been through and what she's doing now. So Allie gets in this wreck January 31st, 2015. But talk about before the wreck. Who were you before all this happened? Um, I was your normal 19-year-old college student, was actually in nursing school, Um, and I had my heart set on that. I mean, even all through high school, I went to high school half a day, college half a day, working towards my nursing career, and then was finishing up after high school, finishing up at the college, you know, with my nursing stuff, and um, just happy-go-lucky, you know, just living life as any 19-year-old busy, on the go, always, you know, doing something. Um, And actually, me and my husband now, who was my boyfriend at the time, we were real big into, like, riding four-wheelers and mudding and that kind of thing. And uh, What is mudding? (laughs) So, (laughs) get on the four-wheeler and just go ride through mud Drive through mud. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Continue. Um, So, we were real big into that and, um, you know, just having fun never thought that one day when I was driving my six-week-old dog to the vet that I'd end up in an accident never make it home wow and it was actually only like two minutes up the road I had literally just left that's crazy 
But she survived too, and she's got a good perspective too. As yeah, I like to say. And we'll have her on. <laughs> I should have brought her. Yeah. She's uh, she rides around in my lap everywhere I go. That's awesome. That's so <laughs> she's cool. She's my little. She's my child. <laughs> she's my child. Yeah, I understand that life. I don't have any kids, so my dog is still <laughs> yep. my kid, I guess. But then people get mad at you. They're like, "No, you don't know. It's not the same." I'm, like, I'm not saying it's the same. Anyway, so I could. We have we have a really strong bond. I like to think like. Especially with what you've been through. Yeah. Honestly, th- together. Honestly, I think she she knows, like, what happened and that kind of thing. Honestly, it's just, I don't know. She, my mom used to bring her to visit me in the hospital. Shepard used to let her come and visit me on the weekends and stuff in the hospital. So, wow. of course, my mom and Amos used to bring Lily to the hospital every weekend, and we'd spend the day together and everything. And it's like she, even then, like, she, she knew exactly who I was. The first time she seen me, like, I've got pictures, and she just attacked me like she she knew who i was and she was like oh my god mama hasn't been home yeah so oh that's so cool so before before college and before all that you were uh, at you were at south paulding high school is that right central central mm-hmm. in Carrollton. i was completely wrong <laughs> you were at central in Carrollton, and were you were a cheerleader mm-hmm. you were big into cheerleading yeah and all that so what what was your high school career like before even college and all that um, it was, you know, sports and cheerleading and just hanging out with friends. And, Mudding? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, just, you know, normal teenager living life. Yeah. I mean, I was a good student in school. I, you know, kept all A's and B's, worked hard towards my nursing stuff, even in high school. Um, but, yeah, just never, I mean just somebody that wakes up every day and goes about their life who never you know no one ever thinks they're gonna get an accident and not make it home that day yeah everyone thinks it's not gonna be them yeah till it's them yeah yeah so normal high school career going to college you want to be a nurse Mm -hmm. and you've got your dog now take us through that night because i and i've got stuff here from the last time we met but tell, tell me about what happened that night put us put us in that moment it's actually so crazy um so we woke up that morning and i like woke up late actually for lily's appointment well lily would not get in the car she was just refused she was running laps around the yard i could not catch her she refused to get in the car Hmm. and at the time i didn't know why you know i was so mad at her so therefore I, i mean i know that she wasn't distracted me when i was driving because i was mad at her by the time i did get her in the car I had already called the vet and everything, and I was like, look, we're going to be late. Like, I, I couldn't get her in the car. She just wasn't listening. I mean, she was six weeks old at the time. But it's like, you know, looking back now, it's like she sensed something. Like, she knew something was going to happen. She was going to be put in danger that she was not getting in that car. Like, I chased her for a good hour around the yard. Like, she was refusing. Mm. Um, and so finally got her in the car, had called the vet, you know, told them I was going to be late threw her in the passenger seat when I got her in the car and I was like because I was so mad at her I was like stay I was like do not move (laughs) and for some reason and I had a habit of wearing my seatbelt like I felt naked without my seatbelt I had a habit I had my whole life I had always worn my seatbelt for some reason I didn't put my seatbelt on that day Mm. and I don't know why I guess looking back God just distracted me and he didn't let me put my seatbelt on for a reason Mm. because EMTs and first responders and everyone said, and even the surgeon said that if I had had my seatbelt on, there's no way I would have survived. I would have been decapitated. They said that God just 
knew he, he got me out of that car because if I had not been ejected, I would have been decapitated. Wow. So um, it's kind of one of those things like, you know, you don't think about it until you look back. And even, you know, the surgeon, he said, you know, there's there's no way he's ever seen anyone with the amount of spinal damage that I had and not have brain damage too. Mm. Um, so he said it's really just a miracle. Like God just, for some reason, I didn't put my seatbelt on and I took off down the road and I was ejected once I went to flipping and we still don't know what, like what, if I came out of the passenger window, if I came through the windshield, um, because there wasn't a spot in the windshield, like where I would have went through it. Like it was busted and everything, but not like it would have been if I would have went through it. Yeah. Um, we don't know how I got, like how I went out of the car. I flipped end over end though for about 75 yards. And we're thinking that when I was in midair, maybe the passenger door slung open and I went out of the passenger door and Lily was in the passenger seat. So the only thing I could think of was maybe when I went out of the door, I scooped Lily up and held her until I hit the ground. Um, I landed flat on my back when I hit the ground and I still remember to this day, I remember that feeling of landing flat on my back out of the midair. Oh man. Um, there's nothing like it. And I remember my first thought when I hit the ground, I said, oh my gosh, Lily. And I tried to get up and I couldn't move at all. Like all I could move was my hands. And uh, I remember hearing somebody say, say something, say something. And all I said was help. And he come running over and I remember him saying, I've got help on the way, I've got help on the way. And I remember hearing the sirens coming and I don't remember anything after that. I just blacked out. Wow. Um, they said that whenever they transferred me to the helicopter that I took my last breath they didn't think that I was going to even make it to Grady um, because my spleen had ruptured all my organs were bleeding internally um, and it was all with all the internal bleeding they said that I mean they don't know how I survived but I did Um, they said that you know it was just one of those miracles like God got me there just in time for them to go and I remember the feeling of them cutting me open because they rushed me straight into the OR, straight into surgery to get the spleen out and fix the tears in my stomach. And it was, it's even crazy. Like my mom and Amos both have told me stories when I had to wait like two days before I had my back surgery because I wasn't stable enough for them to put me under more anesthesia and everything. So they said that before I went in for my back surgery, um, I mean, of course, I was on the ventilator and everything, but I was using my hand to just write. I was just laying in the hospital bed, just writing on a notepad to, like, talk to everybody. And they said that I was so scared that I was going to, like, I kept saying that I was going to feel them cutting my back. And they couldn't figure out why I kept saying or why I was scared that I was going to feel them cutting my back whenever I went into my back surgery. But come to find out, it's because I felt them cut my stomach and once I came off the ventilator and everything I was able to you know tell everybody like you know I felt them cutting my stomach wide open because I mean I was completely blacked out and out of it but I guess I wasn't like they didn't have when I got there they didn't have time to like sedate me or anything like that before they were just rush 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 get they're trying to save you yeah yeah so they didn't have time to give me any medicine or anything but I guess and that's the thing is I don't remember anything, but I remember the feeling of them cutting my stomach. I don't know how, but I do. And I still remember that feeling to this day, too. Like, I'll never forget it. So my it was gosh. crazy. <laughs> okay. So that's a lot there. Um, so that's that's what happened. Mm-hmm. 
You had that wreck, and then there was a, a witness to the whole thing. Yes. Right. And I actually found out when I was in the hospital that the witnesses, um, it was a man and his wife, um, actually found out we know we like rode foilers with their son. Hmm. Um, so we actually knew who they were, um, but she was actually standing at their kitchen window washing dishes that morning and saw everything that happened, saw the hay truck coming at me head on because they had said that I mentioned on scene that I, that there was a hay truck in my lane coming at me head on, but there was no other witnesses that saw it. And, you know, she come out and she said, no, I saw everything. And there was a hay truck that was in her lane coming at her head on. She swerved to miss and went to flipping all through our yard. Yeah. And he was actually outside washing his truck. But she said that he had the music blaring while he's washing his truck and um, was just in his own little world, didn't even, you know, notice. And she said that she saw everything in the kitchen window and she come running outside screaming, like, there's a girl in the bushes, go help her, go help her. And uh, she's like, I'm calling 911. So she's actually the one that called 911. And when I was in the hospital, I found out that they had been following my story and everything ever since and they were just dying to meet me so when I got home from the hospital I went to meet them and they're the ones who actually you know gave a lot of unanswered questions because you know I, I told them I was like so I've I've heard that I've mentioned like a hay truck I was like was there a hay truck and they said yes that the neighbor across the street actually had a bunch of hay stolen from him that morning and oh, wow. that truck was in the process of stealing the hay, and the owner come out and called him right in the action. So he had jumped in the truck and took off, and that was the truck that was in my lane. Oh, my gosh. He was running. So this guy is stealing hay from the witness's neighbor, <laughs> takes off because he gets caught. Yeah. And essentially cuts you off. Yeah. I mean, comes into your lane and then causes everything that we're you know talking about now. Mm-hmm. So has this guy ever been found nope they looked for him for like two months even there's even a four-way like right up the road and uh with a gas station and we were hoping that like the gas station cameras caught him going through the four-way but they were just pointing at the gas pumps not anyone going through the four-way so there was they never caught him they looked for him there was no evidence or anything of him but i know that he had to have seen everything in his rearview mirror. I know that he did. And I feel like it's one of those things, you know, at first I was really angry, but now a part of me looks back and is like, you know what? He has to live with that for the rest of his life. Yeah. So I hope it just eats him alive. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. But I feel like it's also one of those things too. Like, even though I've never met him, I feel like if, if I saw him, I, I feel like it was, it would be one of those things where I just knew who he was, you know? Mm. Like God would kind of open your yeah, eyes, and like, be like, "Hey, this God is like, this is this is the God that did this to you." Oh my gosh, that's crazy! <laughs> so that's so much that has happened. So you spent how long were you in the hospital again? A total of right at eight months. Eight. You spent eight months in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Now, at at what point? And maybe you you knew from the get go. I I don't know. And that's what this is all for. At what point did they tell you, or did you know? I'm paralyzed from the waist down. Um, it's actually funny. I remember, you know how they always say, like, even people in comas can remember what the doctors are saying? Yeah. It's one of those type things. Like, I remember 
me not being able to feel my legs. And I used to, you know, write, I should have brought all of my notes. Um, I've, we've got a whole notebook of everything I used to write and you can barely even make out some of it. But from where I was, I couldn't move my neck or anything. I was just laying there in the hospital bed, just writing. And, um, I used to write to my mom and to Amos and everybody, you know, I can't feel my legs, you know, I can't feel anything. And so like, I didn't understand why I couldn't feel my legs. You know, I just knew that I couldn't feel anything. Even whenever I landed flat on my back at the accident, I knew like when I couldn't get up, I was like, can't, I can't feel anything, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, after that, like, you know, and no one had known yet, I still had not had my back surgery or whatever. You know, the doctor said that, you know, it could come back and it couldn't come back, you know? And then, of course, had my surgery. And then I remember laying there, you know, sed- supposed to be sedated in the room, but I remember hearing the surgeon tell my parents and grandparents and Amos and everybody you know that I'll never walk again and that I was paralyzed and that's why I couldn't feel my legs wow so I remember hearing him say that but it's like I just knew though like I knew from the beginning like I couldn't feel my legs but I didn't know why and then I just heard him say that what was that like I mean tell me your headspace if you don't mind I mean I'm one of I'm the type of person that is like if you tell me I can't do something I'm gonna turn around and do it yeah (laughs) <laughs> and, well, you did, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. So that was kind of my first thought. Of course, I was like out of it. Like I heard him, but I was still completely out of it. So I couldn't like sit up in the hospital bed and say yes, I will. Yeah. But um, I remember when I was fi- when I was finally able to get like alert and everything at Shepherd after my lung surgery, because that's when I got like fully alert, was able to start you know waking up when I could come off the ventilator and everything. And you know, I remember telling everyone you know I remember hearing him say that and I just wanted to jump up and say yes I will (laughs) yeah man so you you've gone through all this and that's um my grandfather he's a preacher too okay I didn't know that at Baptist Tabernacle in LaGrange okay and uh that's what he told the surgeon too he looked at the surgeon too he's like well if God can move mountains he can move those legs (laughs) oh dang come on (laughs) preach that okay I like that so now, you've gone through all this, and they're telling you, you know, in your family at the hospital, she's not going to walk again. And and I'm just thinking about me. In the, like, if I'm, and, it, and we're all, I think, selfish in that way. We mm-hmm. put ourselves as the hero, or we'll put ourselves as the fallen. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in that situation, I'm thinking about, you know, like, man, if I heard that, I because, I mean, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that I'd have that drive, like, yes, I will, watch me walk again. <laughs> it probably will take me three years to get to that drive, like, okay, watch me. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I would just feel so uh, almost beaten. But you didn't feel that way at all. You felt like, watch I me get like, up. I feel like I didn't at first. And then, you know, once I was able to get, like, fully alert and everything at Shepherd, it did kind of hit me a little bit. Um, sure. Like, you know, that was a couple weeks later. Um, but I still, you know, a lot of people go through like the depression and anxiety and everything after that. And once they're in that situation and I'm, cause I met a lot of people at Shepherd that, you know, were going through that. But, um, I was, I don't know. I don't know why I never went through the depression or anything, which I'm blessed that I didn't, but it's kind of one of those things like. I don't know. I felt like God just had it from the beginning. Like he was just taking care of it. Yeah. Well, now it's like he's given you this platform. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I looked at it. You know, I was like, 
I've always been one to have a positive attitude about everything. I mean, that's the way I was raised is, you know, when you're in a negative situation, turn yeah. it around and make it positive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what my mama always taught me growing up. And I feel like, you know, I've always looked at everything as, you know, everything happens for a reason. And so I feel like he just, I don't know, I feel like he had it taken care of the whole time and he was just letting me look at it that way and trying to turn it around to make it positive. Yeah. Well, that's definitely happened. And I want to get into to everything, but before we do that, who have, who have been sort of the main support systems in your life throughout this entire situation? Uh, my mama and my grandparents and Amos, my husband. Amos. I want to, I want to ask you about him in a second. <laughs> um, and then you've been at Excel Physical Therapy, shout out, uh, <laughs> for the entire time you've been going through this, right? Um. Ever since I got home from Shepherd and was looking for therapy. So, yeah, it's been three and a half years with Justin now. Wow, three and a half years. Can't imagine three and a half years with Justin Rich. I don't know how you, <laughs> how you do that. Almost um, four, I think. Wow. I'm just kidding, Justin. I love you. Um, so you've, you've gone through this. You've had these great support systems. And then you have Amos. And at mm-hmm. the time, y'all were just – how long had y'all been together? We had only been together six months. Six months. That's awesome. And so y'all were together six months, and then you go through this massive thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, now take me through that perspective. Um, so my mom said that, you know, right after everything, and he, it, it hit him hard. I mean, he was, he was devastated the entire time. He never, sure. never left the hospital. Um, even he works at South Bar, and even South Bar was very supportive, you know, gave him all the time off. Uh, did fundraisers for me, all oh, wow. kinds of stuff. And um, he never left. And my parents, they were like, look, you know, if you don't think you can handle this, let us know. Don't get her hopes up. Don't, you know, stick around if you think you can't handle it. And he was like, no. He was like, I've, I've got this. He was like, I'm staying right here. I'm not going anywhere. Um, he was like, she's she's going to be fine. She's coming back home that kind of thing and they were yeah. like okay well we just we want to make sure and you need to let us know if you don't think you can handle it so that way we can let her know and he was like no he was like i'm not going anywhere so he did he, he stayed right there the entire time never even whenever he did he did eventually go back to work but he was on swing shift so him and my mom used to swap out staying at the hospital you know he would work two days and then off two days and work three days off two days whatever so um they'd swap out you know on the days that he had to work she was there on the days that she had to work he or vice versa you know so they did they they made it work (laughs) wow yeah and then y'all get fast forward Mm -hmm. a few years y'all get married yep and i i'm definitely gonna ask you about that because this wedding if you haven't heard about Allie and amos's wedding you need to look that up. Just type in. You can probably type in. Oh, yeah. It's all over um, Google and YouTube. And yeah, you can probably just can Google just, it. You can just uh, type in Allie Grizzard wedding. Yeah. I, that thing blew up. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. And, and, well, I want, here's why, though. Because you have developed this sort of and, – and here's what I applaud you for. Because a lot of people, when they are given an opportunity – and it's all about how you see things, right? I mean, this happened to you, and you saw it. And it may have taken a little bit of time, but it became an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people wouldn't capitalize on it. And again, like I said, I I don't know that I would have in that particular situation. But, you know, some people would just shut down. Mm-hmm. And you hear about that all the time, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, um, I visit patients a lot at Shepherd with I'm in their, like, peer support group. 
And so anytime they have a patient that's like feeling down or somebody that can relate and it's like the same level of injury and everything, they'll call me and I'll go in and like speak to them wow. and stuff. And some of them, yeah, they, some of them I just, sometimes I'm just at a loss for words. I don't even know what to say because they're just so, so broken. So broken. Yeah. yeah. And then, so you go in and you're, you're becoming a support system, the very support system that you initially needed. Mm-hmm. And now you've turned all that back around and now you're doing the same thing. And so you're going through this, you're doing PT, you're, you're telling yourself, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk. But then you start capitalizing in a good way on this opportunity rather than just a situation. You start capitalizing on it in a way that you want to help people mm-hmm. and be uh, an example of what, how you can overcome obstacles, let's say. So t- tell us about that because now now you have this giant following on Instagram. You're, you're doing a lot in the gym, you know. I mean, you, you're doing a lot. Mm-hmm. So tell us how you've been developing this, this, this kind of platform that you have now. Well, I think I realized in the beginning or as soon as I started, well, really, I mean, when I was still a patient at Shepherd, there was actually a different – a couple of different patients that, like, my therapist recommended me speaking to, you know, that – they were like, you know, y'all could relate, I think. Y'all are around the same level of injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did. I'd just go sp- speak to them, you know, and try to uplift them. And that's when I really realized that I felt like helping other people heal kind of helped me heal. So I just – it was something that I kind of wanted to stick to doing. And um, I felt like I was really inspired by helping other people. And once I realized what it was doing for me – Um, so I kind of, you know, that's when I started sharing all of my thoughts and I felt like once I was inspired, like I had a million things to write and put on paper. And, um, so that's when I started sharing everything on social media, um, helping other people through social media too. And then, you know, the opportunity with Shepard opened up with coming and helping with peer support. And I feel like, I mean, all together, that's what's, that's what keeps me so positive too, is helping other people. Because yeah. it, it helps me heal still to this day. Even on hard days, you know, if I go help somebody else, then it makes me feel better. Yeah. And I think you're killing it at that. I think a lot of people kind of use you as motivation to kind of keep pressing on, even if they're paralyzed or not. I mean, you know, everyone has their own perspective. So, I mean, whatever it is you're going through, then you have someone like Allie that's like, well, let me let me just show you what I went through and then how I'm – how I'm doing now. So you, then you started you started utilizing social media, which I'm big on. A lot of the people that listen know I'm I'm really social media is where people are. Yeah. Whether you definitely. hate it, you think it's the devil or not, yeah. you know, that's there's where people good, there's are. good in it. Yeah. I mean it's it's a tool. There's it, bad in it, but there's also good in it. Yeah. It's a it's a hammer. It yeah. can be used for two things, build or to break, you yeah. know. So um, you're using it to build. Mm-hmm. And so tell us about what you're doing on social media. Uh, just just in that realm of really, where you are. Really, just trying to prove that social media can be good. That, um, And, I mean, I see the negativity on it. I see the bad side of it. And I even get, you know, hateful messages. There's a lot of pressure on me on social media. It's crazy. Um, I've seen the hatefulness and the bad in it. But I try to, you know, use it for the good and show that there can be positive on there. It can be good. And, you know, you can still be a light on it. Mm. Yeah. And you, and again, by the way, I'm going to be very over complimentary. That's what I always do. And I get made fun of every time, 
but you're killing it um, <laughs> for sure. So you're using social media. Now, what are you doing at Grady to help people learn more? Because I have something about that on my notes from last time we met. And you're helping people at Grady learn more about your situation in particular or others handicapped uh, or whatever. Not really Grady. It's pretty much all at the Shepherd Center. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just anybody that, you know, is down, has a bad attitude about it, try to go and show them that it can be positive. And a lot of times, too, I feel like it's also, you know, the way you carry yourself and that kind of thing in the chair. Um, and I try to focus more on girls or, like, the youth. Um, and that's why, like, I loved speaking to the youth and everything here. And I feel like that's really my target, even on social media, is the younger generation. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I have I do speak to guys. I have guys that are friends that are in chairs, too. Um, and so I feel like try to target the women. And I feel like even if they see me, like, come in with, you know, regular clothes and makeup on and that kind of thing because I mean in the hospital you don't you don't do any of that you know you're just learning just to live again how you're going to survive when you get home and so I feel like if they see me you know looking like I live a normal life you know driving and that kind of thing then they realize like oh maybe this maybe I I can still do all this and it turns into positivity so yeah I feel like that's was a lot of it. I try to, try to target the women. So, and I now, do enjoy the men too, though. Like we've talked about all throughout this episode, you've been motivation for a lot of people. And that motivation that you've been for people has helped motivate you. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool to see. Now, what I want to do is kind of cap this whole thing with the the beautiful story of what took place in October. You get married. Take us through that whole day because you've been working towards something for that moment since this this whole thing happened take take us through that that day it was very very emotional stressful um way more stressful you know any wedding is stressful but i feel like it was way more stressful than your normal wedding um and then at the last minute i found out i think um the week before yeah it was like the week before found out that someone had leaked it to <laughs> 11 Alive News and Fox 5 News, um, all the local news stations. And so then that put even more pressure on me, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, if <laughs> I don't do this. Um, me and Justin had been working for three years on training me to walk down the aisle because, I mean, from the beginning, I look at it as, you know, my whole life, that's how I had pictured my wedding day is me walking down the aisle. And so I felt like I should still do it, you know, and I should still prove that it can be done even though – you know, everything's different. It can, you can still have like this dream that you've pictured in your head all your life growing up as a little girl, like, you know, talking about my walk down the aisle one day. So I figured, you know, I'm still going to do it. Yeah. So I had been working and working and working. I mean, I put it, we put in hours long and long days training, um, long rehearsal training for the wedding. And, uh, of course rehearsal day came and (laughs) that was my, we didn't like picture it being on grass and appeal so me and Justin had been working in the clinic and of course that's just you know even floors commercial carpet (laughs) and um so rehearsal day came and that was a struggle it was a really long rehearsal we were like oh my gosh we did not realize like it was uphill yeah and you know I didn't think the grass would be that big of a deal but it was (laughs) (laughs) and um 
put in the work and I honestly that night after rehearsal I was like I'm not gonna be able to do it like I really don't think I'm gonna be able to do it it was a struggle and um I mean I just broke down I was stressed I was like I don't think I can do it and everybody was like yes you can you're gonna do it you're gonna do it and I was like I don't know I'm not gonna make it wedding day came and I was of course news stations showed up and so that put even more pressure and I was like okay I have to do this I have to do this so I did and the whole way down the aisle I was like I'm gonna make it I'm gonna make it I'm gonna make it and I got to the end and I looked at Amos and I was like get me get me because like I I could not I could barely stand up there just to say her vows I was exhausted but finally accomplished the goal that I worked hard at man that's awesome that's such a cool story that you're able to do that after what you heard in the hospital and then three years later at your wedding Mm -hmm. you walked down the aisle does that ever still hit you? I mean, yeah. you've only been married since October. So you ever just, you wake up, you're eating your waffles. I don't know, you're fit. So you're you're eating an avocado for breakfast. <laughs> no. Oh. I actually don't like avocados. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever had avocado? Oh, well, I guess you hadn't. You don't like avocados. Avocado mm-hmm. ice cream is something Tom Brady eats, and he's perfect. Yeah. So I'm going to start eating that. <laughs> anyway, um, so you walk down the aisle. You're at, you know, you're sitting down, you're eating breakfast. You know, it's a Tuesday. Do you ever just think, dude, I walked down my aisle at the wedding and they said I'd never walk again? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's definitely. crazy. Especially right after the wedding. I was like, wow, I just did this. Uh, yeah. I, was oh, like, yeah I, wish, I wish my surgeon was here. Now, so for a lot of people, like my wedding was a blur. Okay. so like, And see, that's the way it was at first. You know, I mean, I was kind of like, I really don't remember anything. Like it was just, I guess it was just like that adrenaline yeah. rush. I was like, everything is like a blur. Like I don't remember yeah everything a lot of people i mean me included everyone says like my wedding was such a blur i remember Mm -hmm. like scenes from it yeah there were parts where everyone was dancing i mean i remember like i didn't even remember the walk down the aisle until i like watched the recap watched the video and i was just like oh okay yeah and there i was i do remember that now yeah i can't imagine having the news at my wedding (laughs) like (laughs) a lot of pressure yeah that's cool i i think it's I think it's really cool that you, I mean, that's, that takes a lot of bravado, a lot of bravery for you to be able to say, I'm going to walk down my aisle because I mean, and you know, anything could go wrong in that moment. Yeah, and you I were like, like, I could fall in front of all of these people and, and but on you the did news. It. God, yeah, I know, <laughs> but you did it. And I mean, and now it's this super cool story and that's, that's how, I, cause you know, it, it, it starts off normal high school girl, cheerleader, you know, does, goes mudding, uh, does all these things college wants to be a nurse boom tragedy mm-hmm. that you turned into opportunity now you're a voice for honestly apathy i mean you know a, a lot of i would become almost lethargic you know if this happened to me but now you're this voice for like you you got to keep you got to keep going mm-hmm. and then you you cap it all off with i walked down my dang aisle <laughs> and i'm quote unquote paralyzed from the waist down but i walked down my dang aisle <laughs> For my wedding. I mean, that's awesome. So, honestly, Allie, you're, I mean, you motivated me. I'm over here, like, in this little studio trying to get it all cool. And I'm like, okay, she walked down her aisle and she's paralyzed or whatever. (laughs) So, that's really awesome. Is there anything that you would say to anyone listening right now? Because we all deal with apathy in in some aspects Mm -hmm. of life. You know, whether they feel beat down, they feel broken, they feel bitter. And a lot of people have heard me say this a million times. It's okay to break. Yeah. It's just not okay to stay broken. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have my hard days too. I mean, there's not every day is easy. Um, And I do, I have, especially when it comes around to the anniversary of the accident, Mm. that's when it kind of hits me every year. 
But um, I try to do something on that day to celebrate. You know, I call it my life day and basically oh, wow. like another birthday. And um, because I wasn't supposed to survive and I did. So we always do something to, you know, celebrate and treat it as like another birthday. Um, so I say that I have a birthday in December and in January. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, I think you just you have to keep going. And I think you can either look at it as negative or positive. And I feel like if you look at it as something negative, then it's only going to make the situation worse. Um, it's only going to bring the situation down. But if you try to make it into something positive, then it can come out better than you ever expected. So I feel like that's the way I try to try to keep that in my mind. That's the way I try to live. Have you thought about writing a book? Yes. Oh, no. I want to really bad. I just don't know yes. where to begin. Yeah. Well, you know, I heard this is um, – this could be good advice or stupid advice but because I want to write a book one day. And I'm always like, I don't know what I want to write on. And I've had people say, well, you should write Your Story Matters, you know, mm-hmm. and – I don't like, well, how do I write a book about what people are saying? And so I've been asking advice to all these people. So one of the things I asked an author, I said, Hey, how do you, how, how do you write a book? Yeah. Like I just, I just don't know how to like sit down and just, just write a book. Like I can write all these blog posts and everything and all this stuff on social media, but I don't know how I would put it all together into a book and I don't know how like who to speak to about yeah. even like getting it published or anything like that yeah so. when I asked him I was like how do you write a book and he looked at me and he goes write a book <laughs> thanks okay start writing no, okay I'll just start you know so I I think I think that would be incredible uh, and I think you do an incredible job with it I wonder if I asked you that a couple of years ago but I don't remember I think so okay. I think so I think we talked about it and I guess I've been thinking I about said it. I had plans to do it but I st- and I still have those plans but I just don't know where to begin with it everyone when you follow Allie tell her hey write a book and maybe <laughs> she'll just do it you know let's just see what happens um, <laughs> Allie I, unless you have anything you want to add I don't think so okay I mean I think I'm... you've been an incredible guest thanks this has flown really well I've had fun I'm glad glad I got to do it glad I got to be here first first female guest by the way really yeah Dang. first one ever so um you know, haters don't hate. Here she is. Uh, I, we, we've had a few people that have said, hey, you need to get Allie on. Which I already planned on it anyway. But uh, Allie, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Inviting me. Of course. Man, that was that was really good. I told y'all, y'all were going to need some tissues because, man, that's, that's, that's like up and down. Like, oh, man, that's a, that's a horrible. I feel like there's so many pieces of my story that even sometimes, like, I'll realize, oh, yeah, I left this out, like, afterwards, after I'm thinking. Oh, I'm sure. You're going to listen back to this, and you're going to be like, oh, dang it. I forgot. Yeah. I know yeah. I do it every time. I do it with questions. I'm like, yeah. I'm supposed to ask this question, and I should probably write them down. <laughs> Allie, how can people connect with you? Uh, through Instagram, social media, um, Instagram and Facebook, but I'm more more known on Instagram. Um, I post more to Instagram too, usually more active on there. Um, so you can connect with me that way. DM me. My email's on there. People can email me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go, go shout out, go, go give some love to Allie Grizzard. It's not Allie Poole. I've wanted to call you that like 15 <laughs> times. I've stopped myself throughout this podcast. <laughs> Allie Grizzard. Go find her. Allie, That's Allie. I'm Austin. Your story really does matter. Whether you agree or disagree, at the end, it's all for him. Allie, thank you so much for being on. Thank you.